All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers, where we have author Daisha Arnold to talk about her new amazing novel, Apparent Power, uh, which is being released by Immortal Works and is part of the Diazam trilogy. I hope I said that correctly because it's a little interesting word, and I know I asked uh, before we started talking, but then I had the question, did I say that right? No, you did say it right. It is Diazam. Awesome. So, we're here. We're here to talk about the book. Uh, it is now uh, in pre-order status. It will release on December 11th. For those listening, that's next week. That means you could pre-order it now, and or you can wait till the day of. Either way, I say get this book. It sounds really cool from everything I've read, but I'm going to let... Uh, Daisha, kind of give you a little insight as to what this book is all about without giving away too many spoilers. <laughs> oh, it's so difficult. Um, so great. Imagine if you uh, went to work today, Daniel, and then the ish hit the fan and you had to get back home without the use of a vehicle on how long that would take you. I don't know what your commute looks like. Um, sometimes mine looks like an hour and a half commute, um, but without a car, it could take days. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of have a unique and lucky uh, circumstance. I work from home, so <laughs> I literally have to walk outside my office door, and I, I'm there. So that's not a big problem for me. Um, but, yeah, for some people, I mean, I used to have a job that I was in the car for at least an hour or two, and if I had to walk that, um, it could almost be a day's travel, if not more. Absolutely. So in, in my novel, um, the, the main character is a working mom um, versus the, the popular dystopian trope of a teenage girl. Okay. Um, so the mom goes to work and leaves her kid at home with the nanny because her husband also works. This is a typical American household. Um, so she, she takes and she's an emergency nurse, takes a shift an hour and a half away, and she is stranded an hour and a half away with her son um, is with the nanny. So she does what any other mother would do, and she makes that trip home to her child. Um, of course, uh, it's a science fiction book, so there is a little bit of hiccups along the way. A, a dormant gene awakens in, the, in a quarter of the population, which disrupts the electricity, which is the reason why cars don't work, planes don't work, um, your cell phone doesn't work. She has no way of contacting her husband or the nanny who's hopefully still at home with her child. Wow. So this dormant gene kind of gives you superpowers in a way? Um, or the opposite. Oh, so the opposite. Instead of, yes. So instead of, um, so like the human body, we, we use electricity to metabolize yeah. our, our food into energy. Our heart runs off sparks um, of electricity to beat. Our nerve endings, our brain are, are constantly firing just these little minute um, amounts of electricity. So then these people with this dormant gene begin to absorb the electricity around them. So it's it's kind of a superpower, but not unless all the checks and balances are in place. Otherwise, you are in a home without electricity. With the main character, her name is Valerie Russell. She has an even rarer gene, which allows her to pull the electricity out of these these people and back into... Um, appliances, cars, um, wherever that, that it's hindered. 
Wow. So, I mean, you bring up a good point there. Um, our bodies do generate heat and electricity, and we need that to survive. Um, we don't think about it. Uh, you know, I know uh, the movie The Matrix kind of went into this a little bit. That You know, the robots realize we're, we're batteries. Uh, in a way, we kind of are. And then to have this gene where we're affecting the electrical impulses around us is just fascinating. Why, thank you. Um, it really, so if you think like of the, the myth or the history, however you view the lost city of Atlantis, there were um, a, a group of people who were technologically advanced without any explanation. So in the universe that I've created, once that gene went dormant in that society, the city sank. Mm. And so now after as, however many years it's been, it's now awakened again. And you you place that into today's society and it could cause a lot of hiccups yeah no i and i love atlantis um and to be able to pull that into your and make that part of your story wow <laughs> even better um and i like how you're, you're saying the gene went dormant and that's kind of one of the the catalysts that sunk atlantis um which is fascinating in itself which now those reading what's going on now, for me, it's like, oh, I want to know the backstory and the Atlantis stuff and how that connects to current day. So that's that's really great storytelling right there. Thank you. I'm really excited about it. It, it was um, the big driver was I I would read books. Um, I work in an emergency room. I would work 12, 12 hour shifts through the night. I would get bored. I read a lot of books. Um, so I would go to my sister. I'm like, Hey, what's the next big book? And she would name, you know, Oh, this young adult novel, this young adult novel, this young adult series. And then at the end of it, I was like, well, where's the next big one, but for adults, like, cause yeah. you know, I don't, I want to shop in the the big kid section and there was nothing I couldn't find anything um so I decided on one of my 12 you know 12 hour shifts overnight to write my own book that I wanted to read that was a heroine that I could relate to nice yeah I, I think a lot of authors are that way um I know I was I I've read voraciously um I have so many books that my kids and my wife say why why do we need to keep all those <laughs> Because I'm going to read them again another day, you know. Um, but we finally get to a point where it's like, I want my own story. I have all these ideas of these stories, but no one has written it yet. And the reason is no one will until you do it. Um, Absolutely. And so, and this is just, I mean, this definitely is something I've never thought of. And it's just fascinating in itself. And and like you, I... De I you know, I've read a lot of the young adult stuff, and it, it is great, but I want an adult book. I mean, I always enjoyed adult novels growing up, you know, the adult hero stuff like that. And there's nothing wrong with YA, but it just no, seems to be something nothing. that's a little bit more fulfilling, at least in my perspective of a more adult novel than a YA novel. I think the big appeal to the, the popular young adult novels today is the high action. It is the high stakes, the high action, the, oh my goodness, what's going to happen next? Um, but like you said, there's something more fulfilling about, okay, this is a mom and she, she pays a mortgage, but she also has to save the world. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, 
it, it hits a little closer to home. Like where would I, like I'm running a campaign right now. Um, of it's a countdown on on Facebook to the days till the awakening, which is the awakening of this dormant gene. Where where would you be? You know, I you know would be at the grocery store with my mom picking up prescription medications, or I would be driving um to to work um and so on and so forth i'd be flying in an airplane which is not where you want to be during the awakening <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> avoid all flight travel that day um oh yeah i mean it's a terrifying scene for sure oh well i mean i'm just sitting here thinking of that idea what would happen if you were on let's say hawaii for instance when this happened how do you get back home um because even like a diesel engine produces an electrical charge and that's why we have yes, that, that gas catalyst and you're going to be sucking that out so how do you get off this island and back home i mean at least this mother can walk home uh it's a long trek but when you're stuck in hawaii how do you get back home to your kids that are in california or utah or colorado uh for instance that's sounds mind-boggling but you would do whatever you had to do as a parent. Like that's you would you would hop in a in a dinghy and <laughs> swim and paddle the ocean to get home. That's just what you would do, and that's what moms and parents. That's what we do. Yeah. Um, that we we take that desperation and we figure out a way. And I think that's that's one of the main reasons why I wanted the main character to be a parent, because you you are responsible for far more than just yourself and your own circumstances um you can go on and save the world but what are you going to do you've got a two-year-old attached to your leg yeah you know you're not going to be like stay here with this stranger honey while i go beat the bad guy yeah well and and beyond that uh, i think all of us especially many of us adults can relate to that because we do have a child we we know what that's like um i mean i know several people that just going on a vacation trip, there is a level of underlying stress there because the kids are home, you know, and it's fun to go, but you hit a certain point in the vacation where you start worrying about the kids or wondering if they're okay or, or you start missing them and then want to get back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of my goals for, for this year is to take a kid-free vacation because I never have. Like Since yeah. I've had children, I have never gone on a vacation without them. So this is the year my husband and I have decided we're this is we're going to do it. You know, um, I, I, I highly suggest doing it. Uh, this is the first time. So this year was the first time we ever did. And we actually ended up going three different times. Um, you know, one was a very mini one. It was just a weekend trip and, and then, but we did two other ones. Um, it was fantastic. It was the greatest time ever. There was like, no, I never once heard, are we there yet? Or anything like that. Or I'm starving. Uh, it was so glorious. Or I've got to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Stop everything you're doing. Yeah. Um, it was so amazing. But at the same time, you get to a point where it's like, I want to go home. I miss my kids. Um, which is which is weird, I mean, because I I was like I was celebrating my freedom and everything, and then I got to a point where like there's this one mom walking with this little boy, and I'm like, oh, I miss my son, <laughs> and it's like okay, I think I'm ready to go home. 
uh, type thing. I think that's one of the ways, like as, as a, a mother and a working mother, I know there's a lot of stigma still in society about, about women working, but I can't, it gives me an opportunity to miss my kids daily. So yeah. by the end of like my third 12 hour shift, I'm like, okay, let's just stay in bed and snuggle all day. <laughs> you know, I, I, I honestly feel like there is some value there. Uh, you know, again, there are differing opinions. But, uh, I mean, there's several songs out there and there's sayings, but it really is a real thing. When you step away, it actually gives you the opportunity to miss that person. And I feel like that makes a better bond uh, because you do miss each other and you, you know, uh, oh, man, the word is escaping me that, I'm, that I was just thinking a second ago. Uh, well, it just sounds you like value. a reason to take a solo vacation. Yeah, I mean, you you, val- you value your time with those individuals more, and you don't take it for granted, I, I guess is what I'm trying to get at, when you, you have that separation, because then you that time together is more important. Absolutely. Yeah. But, again, it is fun to go on a solo vacation, and I highly suggest it. Um, it is great. Because we have done the vacations with kids, and it doesn't feel like a vacation. It feels like work, and you're, you're not ex- – you feel just as exhausted when you get home than when you left. But when you have that solo one, man, it's relaxing. I recently took a trip um, by myself with my two children and, and ended up getting frisked by TSA – and I'm not going to tell you what airport it was, but in front of everybody, oh, yeah. like, my two small children are just hanging out and they're going through my bags. And I'm like, I have nothing to hide. Honestly, mm-hmm. there are far worse things that could happen in life than me getting frisked by TSA. And all the while I'm telling my son, who's like, you know, mom, mom, why is that, you know, police to him? Why yes. is that police like? treating you like this and i'm like oh they're keeping us safe they're doing so but it it still adds a bit of stress oh, yeah. um traveling with kids um otherwise i wouldn't have blinked an eye at tsa patting me down no um my last trip i had that happen to me and i'm like what the heck i don't have any metal on me i don't have anything on me i'm not carrying anything it ended up being i had a goldfish wrapper a little package of goldfish that that I put in my back pocket, and those are metallically lined, and oh. that's what was setting it off, and it delayed me. And I'm like, are, really? So I'm not <laughs> eating goldfish again before getting on a plane. <laughs> so, now one really cool thing that you do have for Parent Power for our listeners that you know they want to pick up the book next week, they can kind of get a taste of the writing and everything. You put out a novella. Uh, for the book. Oh, yes, I did. So I, um, a, a few months ago, um, we, uh, my publisher and I, Mortal Works, were discussing um, like an incentive for people to pre-order um, a parent power six months out. And it was suggested, you know, hey, how about we offer a free audio book? And I was excited about that. And then I was like, well, wait, what if I wrote the audio book? And in about two months, um, the the novella Reactance came to life. So Reactance, like I said, is a companion novella. It's not so much a, 
like a prequel. It's more of a side story. There are a few crossover characters, which I will not give away because you won't figure it out until the end of book two. Okay. Um, but the timeline runs the same timeline as a parent power um, up until the middle of the the middle and end of the second book, shifting power. Um, so you can read reactants before a parent power, perfectly acceptable. Or you can read a parent power and then read reactants while you're waiting for shifting power to um, hit stores. Even better. So there you go. Yeah. Um... So you did kind of mentioned what was the catalyst to get you to write, which was you know sitting there reading and you wanted to write something else. But have you always wanted to be a writer? Because it sounds like you're a nurse, uh, something you enjoy. Was there ever a point earlier in your life where you wanted to be a writer but went the route of a nurse, or is this just something new that came up? So I, I'm first. I'm not a nurse. Okay. Um, I do work in an emergency room um, at the front desk. So I'm the the first line of triage. But my background is actually I served ten years in the United States Army as a medic. Okay. And as a medic, so it's the civilian equivalent of an EMT. Um, however, in a hospital setting, we are able to um, perform tasks like a nurse except for giving IV medication. Um, so under the supervision of a physician, of course. So I did that for about 10 years. I worked in Baghdad emergency room, um, which is infamous with the, the HBO documentary. And um, throughout my career, I stayed with the combat support hospital and ended at a warrior transition battalion where I helped a wounded, ill, and injured soldiers transition from the military or back into the military after um, recovering from their injury or illness. So that's my background in medicine. Um, I got out of the military in 2014, and I just integrated into civilian medicine. Um, but I, what really drove me to write a book period was that my dad, who was also, my dad's my hero. I'll just say that. Um, he, he's a shining example of, of adulting and doing it right. Um, my dad retired a Sergeant major in the army and, um, influenced me to go, he didn't indirectly, I'm sure he didn't want his daughter going off to war. Um, but I followed in his boot prints, joined the military, and then when he retired, he published a book, The Reclamation. And seeing his success, like writing this book and getting it published and, you know, being able to buy it on Amazon, I got excited. And I was like, you know, I could, I could do this too. I could do this too and make my dad proud because he's my hero. <laughs> nice. No, that's, that's a great story. And uh, wow. I mean... That's really cool to be able to follow in your dad's footsteps and then to be, you know, to go into the military and then to do it again, writing a book. Because um, writing a book is not easy. It's, you know, a lot of people, well, a lot of people I have talked to are just like, oh, it's no big deal. You're just putting words on a page and throwing it together. That, that should be, that's easy. But it really isn't. I mean, it's an emotional no, roller coaster. It, besides putting words to a page, it has to make sense. It has to be cohesive. And then you're fighting the inner demon of, is this good? Am I crap? Am I, am I, does this even make sense? Um, until you can finally get it finished and then send it off and then hopefully, hopefully an editor or a publisher likes it, that they'll publish it and then a reader will like it and so on and so forth. So there's so many 
emotional battles that you're fighting just to put out a book. Absolutely. And, and I think like the thing I put every aspect of my life into this book, because <laughs> of course it's my first novel. Yeah. I wasn't a writer before. Um, I never even attempted to write anything before. Maybe I played around in school with spelling words and making short stories, integrating those words, I think was the most writing I had done. Um, but, but being new and having read, I think was an important key of being able to tell a good story, um, was, was having read and then knowing specifically who I was writing for, um, basically myself, but anyone that would fit into that, that sort of demographic, um, was also helpful in, in developing, um, the, the storyline and, and the, uh, themes throughout the story. No, um, I, I agree. Uh, when writing, you definitely have to write for yourself, and then uh, hopefully it's in the same genre or setting that fans will will love. Um, so we have book one. We kind of have the little uh, companion novella, and you've already mentioned the second book. How many books? Are you planning in this series? Is it going to be a trilogy, maybe five? What are you looking at or thinking? Oh, this is a trilogy. Okay. This is a trilogy. Um, the, the third book, you will see the ending. <laughs> that, and that's all I can really say right now without no, giving okay. anything away. No, I don't want you to give anything away. As long as, the, you know, we know it's three books, that's that's fantastic. Um, because that's three books is not that long of a wait. 5, 10, 20, Robert Jordan length series. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're, you're waiting a while uh, for that epic conclusion. Plus, it's nice to have three books, and then you can move on to something new and different as well. Oh, absolutely. And I've been, I think, it. it I started writing Apparent Power um, two years before um, I signed on with Immortal Works for publishing. And then once I I think while I was talking with them, I began the second book, which is now complete and in um, the revision stage. Um, so that should hopefully be out sometime next year. And then uh, the third book to follow will probably be another year out. Nice. That's not too bad. So now that we have – you're moving the cogs and moving forward uh, with this storyline, what is something you would like – to write after this series is all wrapped up is there a particular genre or is do you have some other ideas that are kind of bubbling on the surface i think what i i think my passion um behind writing has a lot to do with um the empowerment of of women and mothers in within like romantic relationships um when when i was away on my second deployment, I ran, um, an outpatient clinic in Southern Iraq. Um, on Christmas morning, I found out that my best friend was murdered by her boyfriend and, um, I, I was unable to be there for her. Um, I didn't know that she was going through this type of abuse. Um, so I think now, um, in order for myself to cope without that, that closure of that relationship is to make sure that every woman knows that they 
don't deserve to be treated like that and that there are ways out. So I think I will continue to write adult women main characters that might not always realize their true potential. No, I immediately. I, I do like that. Um, that is something that I continue to look for as far as with books and things like that for my daughters to read. Something that you know empowers them and shows them that they they can stand up for themselves. Um, you know, that's one thing I do appreciate about the new Star Wars movies with um, the character of Rey. She's definitely. I mean, that, there's that one scene where Finn grabs her hand and uh, you know, and Jakku and starts running away from the Tie Fighters coming in. She's like, "Don't do that!" and like swats his hand away. And, and I love that because it's like. I don't need to be the damsel in distress. I can protect and take care of myself. Absolutely. So those are fantastic characters to see uh, in media. So uh, kudos to you for writing those type of characters because I, f- I feel like women and you know daughters everywhere need that to see that. Um, you know, I know a lot of the writings in the fifties and that definitely had that damsel in distress. You didn't really see a lot of uh, strong female lead characters, and uh, I think we need more of those. Absolutely. So, all right. We're running out of time, which is fine because we've talked about a lot of great, fantastic stuff. And I hope people run out and uh, pick up this novel because it's well worth your time. And uh, it's it's a great book to read. Um, where can the listeners find you, whether it's on social media? Is there any signings or events you're going to be doing? Where can they uh, find you? <clears throat> I am readily available on Facebook, um, author Daisha M. Arnold. Um, I am also available on Twitter at Daisha Author. I have a website, DaishaMArnold.com. Um, I will be at um, COSIGN, which is Colorado Spring Science uh, Fiction Convention in January. I will be at FANX in April in Salt Lake City, Utah. I will also be at Denver Pop Culture Con at the end of May. All right. Well, I will definitely see you at FanX. That's uh, that's exciting, and um, you know, the best thing you can do for any author is you know read their books, tell your friends about it, leave a a, a review. You know, even negative ones are good, but if you're going to leave a negative one, be constructive instead of just being a jerk. Uh, but definitely, definitely uh, support your local authors and authors all around by leaving reviews. That really helps. Um, Absolutely. So, with that said, we're going to take off. Remember, uh, Apparent Power releases on December 11th. So, next week, get your copy or go to Amazon and pre order now. And we'll catch you next time. Dungeon Crawlers.